0: This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better.
1: Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so that we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and challenges. Today we are very happy to be interviewing Ranilla Ravi Burslam. I had the pleasure of getting to know Ranilla as I was introduced to her by an ex-client to coach her son. I immediately loved her strong and forward-thinking attitude. If there is a problem, don't ignore it, investigate and find out the people that can help you. So Ranilla, we're really happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. And can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? So, I am,
0: as you know, Fleur has hinted, I'm a mum. I have two boys, 16 and 13. I would say I'm a working mum. I've worked full time all the way through. Till recently, I was distribution director at Aviva. So, I work in financial services. Full on jobs, shall we say. I'm also on the board of a couple of organizations. So I have a non-exec portfolio. I'm on the board of a FinTech called Upside Savings. Also on the board of a charity that uses digital platforms to help children read in Africa and Asia and South America um, called World Reader. I grew up in India, moved to the UK to study, met my husband, who's English, and 28, 20 years later, I'm still here
2: <laughs> Well, that is that is quite the background, Ronila. and as you said, obviously, You've been combining being a mum, a partner, a full-time employee. How? Where did you find the strength and the persistence? I guess to a certain extent to to navigate all that uh, multi-layered world. Well, how you found that strength and energy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a
0: it's a good question. I haven't I've never thought about stopped to think about how much. I do, because you never do, right? If you want something done, ask a busy person. Uh, I've always been driven. I've always had this innate desire to be more, to do more, to help people, to have an impact, leave a mark in the world. I don't know where it comes from, but that desire has fueled me. And the work, the juggling the work and the home piece... I'm a feminist, and so I was determined to bring up two feminist boys. um, And so I didn't want them to grow up thinking that the place for a female is at home, cooking and cleaning for them. So I've got a household full of, you know, the Y chromosome. I was the only X chromosome, and I was determined to for them to see that a female can succeed and be on an equal footing economically and in terms of decision-making and power in households.
1: Mm. And as knowing your son, I can say (laughs) that he would very much agree (laughs) (laughs) that you are a leader, you are somebody who can get things done and and he really admires that about you. So you have shown him how, you know, strong and determined and successful women can be. And they, you know, if they want to, they can have a job on equal footing to a man. So you've definitely succeeded in that, as we know. I'm still curious to know what keeps that kind of motivation strong, even on the days when like all of us, we have these tired moments, we have these stressed out moments. What keeps that motivation strong? Because you've proved it now. So it's kind of what keeps you going in those moments of darkness that we all have? Um, I
0: suppose I feel like I want to grow. I want to learn. And, you know, if I stop, then for me, life stops. And so for for me, life is about discovering, discovering new things, new people, new places, new experiences, discovering myself. And so that's what keeps me going. The curiosity, um, I suppose, is another way of framing it. God, I'd I'd be bored and miserable and I'd make my husband and my children's lives (laughs) miserable. (laughs) Honest to God, I went out for dinner with a friend of mine last night and I said to her, goodness, you know, if I hadn't got the puppy, Bruno, because um, I'm on garden leave and I've done, you know, six weeks of it, I would have gone bananas because I'm not, oh, let's just get together and have a coffee and have a chinwag about what. So my curiosity, my passion for actually making a difference small or big and that desire to learn
1: you've just hit on two things actually that they say make the happiest people people that are curious and want to grow and people that want to contribute so you've hit on the two main things (laughs) that make people happy so (laughs) kudos to you (laughs) you figured it out
0: (laughs) I don't know if I've got it figured out but I'm getting there (laughs)
2: Well, I think like you also mentioned a couple of bits that are worth pausing and somehow reflecting into because I think I'm going to mention the P words, uh, even though we are all, you know, bored of it, but the pandemic has brought to the majority of our attention that sort of need to actually get to know yourself, if anything, because for a long period of time, we've been put on hold and I'm going to, you know, put that hold on, on in brackets, uh, staying at home with nothing to see but ourselves. And that has brought for a lot of people, for some of them, the space that they were wanting to explore that inner connection. For some others, it just made them see that they had nowhere else to look but themselves. So they had to. So I'm curious to hear a little bit more On that, obviously we can hear that you're a naturally curious person, but I'm curious to hear why in particular driving that curiosity towards yourself and and perhaps getting to know yourself better.
0: It's an interesting, I think, question because self-reflection isn't something a lot of people do. I, 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 You know, it isn't something I would naturally just do. Because you're so busy just doing, you don't stop to think whether what you're doing and how you're doing is what's right, what's good. And the pandemic, when it happened last year, it had quite a significant impact on my life professionally because... I'd gone to Aviva to incubate and set up this business unit, which I did and launched it. And, you know, it had just started trading in February, March, when the pandemic hit and the business decided to close it all. So I had to make my entire team redundant, who I'd handpicked. I had to, you know, migrate customers, close down the platform. It was, you know, two years of work just completely gone down the drain. And so, and then I had, you know, through the first lockdown, literally I was sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I was being paid, obviously, but I had no purpose. And purpose is really, really important to me. It's That's another P that drives me, right? Purpose. And so... I had all this time to sit there and think, well, what what am I here for? I mean, have I just wasted two years of my life? And, you know, this has not been something that I've come to like that over time and over all the experiences that I've had. One of my biggest learning points has been... I, can, I control myself and I control who I am, how I respond to things. I can't control anything else around me. So unless I can reflect on what I need to do differently, better or not do, right? In some instances, just not respond to something, then I won't be able to control situations the way I want to. So so that was the kind of the why of it. The self-reflection is a way for me to have control (laughs) because I can then understand it and um, change it. Um, And the how of it is not a conscious thing. So my time for thinking a lot of the time is when I go for a walk in the morning and that's the ideal time for me to do it. I don't get to do it every day for various reasons but and I just let free flow thoughts come to me other people journal but that just doesn't work for me and you know Fleur has sent me lots of very interesting podcasts and uh, TED talks but I've subscribed to things so I listen to other people and challenge myself based on what they say to see whether I I'm doing those things or not doing those things
1: like you said earlier you touched on that we never stop growing and learning do we this is you know this is earth school I mean we think we've all got it figured out and then we get something else that's thrown up in front of us and we're like okay I haven't got it all figured out I'm still you know learning but the point that you made about we can only ever control we can only ever respond can't we if we just keep reacting we're all over the place, so we have to a bit trying to be centered, so we can take control of what we can control. Is huge learning for all of us. I mean, we're we're emotional beings, so it's it's not it's not easy. And I know you've had um, some challenges, like we all have. And can you tell us one of your challenges and how you've overcame it? Because I think that's really helpful for our listeners.
0: Um. So yeah I mean we've all had different challenges haven't we and I've had to balance challenges from a professional perspective so you know with a clear kind of career path and the challenge I was just touching on and at the same time on a personal level my uh son was just not coping with lockdown and probably actually it started before lockdown he couldn't quite i guess get comfortable with who he is or even know who he is is how i think of it and um you know he's six foot three very good looking and was six foot three at probably 15 so it, it Struggling to find himself made him really depressed, and all the rest of it, which is why we reached out to, to Fleur. So, with that one, overcoming that was multi dimensional. It was about trying to find the right support and mechanisms that would help my son find himself, gain the confidence, work through whatever he needed to work through. But also actually finding a way for me to deal with it because, you know, I'm a control freak and a total perfectionist. So, of course, my immediate reaction was, holy beep beep, (laughs) what what have I... I've not done something right <laughs> or I've done too much of something because I'm a pushy mum and that's what's caused it or whatever it is, you know, we self-flagellate. Mm. So trying to work through actually how do I cope with it as much as how do I help him cope with mm. it.
2: Yep. And I think, again, it's worth pausing on that, because uh, the number of people that uh, we are getting coming from that uh, from that situation is is incredible, and I think uh, on the one hand, teenagers are that group that has faced or received the, the the sort of negative end of the pandemic in a much bigger way that perhaps we expected to. Uh, so definitely, I think, pausing and realizing that. Your son needed that help and investigating how to better do it is something that speaks a lot about you. So well done on that end. But on the other hand, it's also realizing that as a parent, you also have that work to do on yourself too, to help yourself and those around you better navigate that situation too. So I think it's, it's you know, it's a really good point that needed flagging. so thank you for for bringing that up and for any other you know parent or carer listening to this, if you find it that those that you love, those around you are you know feeling or finding themselves in that sort of spot, please do reach out. know that there is help at the other end and that it, that situation doesn't have to be that way. so thank you for calling that out, vanila. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think it's really hard for us as parents as well, isn't it, when our kids are so different to who we are. We automatically think it's something about what we've done. We're very quick to judge ourselves instead of, you know, being allowed to just realise that they are very different and that's okay. And also I think we have to be very careful that, you know, some so many Kids and adults get labelled with mental health problems when actually they are, like you said, just trying to figure themselves out. And if if we can empower them to find their identity and empower them to realise about their good qualities, it doesn't have to become a mental health problem. They can, we can bring out the healthy side of them. It's, it, I think is so important. But I think you were brave enough to get that. Help, And so many parents are too scared to get that help because they think it's something that they've done wrong. So I think, you know, like, like Lucia said, kudos to you to actually have that courage to go. Something's not quite right. And he needs help. Uh, And I have a child as well that, you know, needs a lot of help. and, And I've gone through the same kind of feelings as you of, you know, what have I done wrong? And what could I have done different? And actually, we do the best we can with the knowledge we know at the time. And we give them so much good, but we don't see that we focus no, we on don't. what we don't <laughs> and let's face it whenever I speak to your son if I ever ask him who he admires it's you <laughs> so it's that like double-edged sword isn't it a feeling that maybe that sometimes you couldn't live up to how how amazing he thinks you are but also you know in the fact that we just naturally feel it's our fault but it's it's not
0: Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, just hearing you say those things. One of the, the, something that struck me just now is I am incredibly open-minded and accepting of people from all walks of life, all shapes, all sizes, all types, all colours, and, you know, we talk about diversity, not just, you know in the way we look and where we come from but in the way we think and that's really important to me but it's funny when it comes to our own kids we expect them to be carbon copies of us and therefore behave like us and we don't think well actually they're going to be totally different god knows what they're going to be like um and let's just accept them for who they are and it doesn't matter if they're totally different to you they will be who they want to be
1: it's because we love them so much though isn't it that we have (laughs) we have fear for them we fear (laughs) for their choices and you know we we just have so much fear and when they're different to us it feels even more out of our control because we know we've succeeded by working hard and you know and they will succeed In a different way, I know of my daughter. She's so negative, and I am so positive, and I can't, I can't get my head around why she always sees the dark side of everything. And I have come to like, have to come to that acceptance that that is who she is, and we're different.
0: Well, I just blame my husband (laughs) because he's pessimistic.
2: But I think, (laughs) like you know. It's what you ladies are saying is is so beautiful because there is power in embracing who you are. I've got, you know, two little ones who are not going through the teenage uh, phase. It's five and three years old. But one of the things that we do at night is actually what they call makeup stories. So instead of reading a book, we just use our imagination. So we just, you know, tell the story. And frequently what I do is actually ask them, oh, so what do you think this character is going to do next? And it's mind-blowing. Every single time what they come up with and the solution to the problem or the challenge that they need to face in the story is so far-fetched from what I thought that this story could be. And I think as a parent enable them to come up with their own way of seeing the world of solving their own problems and facing their own challenges is so hard it's so difficult to let them kind of like you know even to a certain extent see that they are going to make a mistake or what you consider to be a mistake and yet let them do it but there is so, so much power in actually failing and encourage a culture of failure, not for failure itself, but so you can get the learning and the practicing and the knowledge that comes with that. And we forget, as you were saying, Renile, it's so easy to do that for a friend or somebody else and embrace it and encourage them. But yet when it's your own children, you do not want them to suffer. You do not want anything to happen to them. By the phrase, by default, is wrong. If I am not allowing anything to happen to you, that goes for the good and that goes for the for better, for the good and the worse.
0: Yeah, I t- totally agree. And I say that to Rohan, my eldest. My younger one is very, very different. Because for him, the fear of failure holds him back from being the best that he can be, from exploring new things, because he worries about, and Fleur knows this, I can see her smiling, you know, the fear of failure, fear of rejection, because he's so unsure of himself. And I keep saying to him, if you don't try, how will you know whether you will fail or not? And actually, if you do, that's okay, because it will teach you something. And the other day he came back and I said to him oh the teacher we had a tutor meeting and the tutor said oh he's very withdrawn and doesn't say much and yada 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 so I said to him why are you not talking oh well you know I'm not interested in any of the kids in my form I said right <laughs> why not well they're all boring I said how would you know, Rohan I- can't believe. You think all of all 20 of them are boring. Well, how do you know I haven't spoken to every single one and decided whether I've got something interesting or in common with them? Uh, I thought, you know what, mate? Fine. Yeah. I will leave it at that. But you're right. Uh, society, I think, not just us parents, society as a whole, has made failure seem like a bad thing. And I think there's a lot of stigma associated with failure rather than lots of stories being told of people who fail and fail and still keep going and then succeed. I mean, how inspirational is that?
2: Mm. I think it's this quote by, I think it's Thomas Albert Edison. He said, I haven't failed a hundred times. I just found a hundred ways in which the light bulb doesn't work. Like is that perspective of saying actually it's not failing. I'm just learning new ways to do things. That changes the whole story.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately there is this self-consciousness, isn't it? If they don't get used to failing and feeling that uncomfortableness, they become more self-conscious, actually, than realizing once they fail or once that they feel humiliated, the feeling's not that bad. They're running away from feeling, basically. And especially boys we really have to embrace with them that it's good to feel because then they don't run away from failing as much because it becomes the normal to feel like that. They are very, I think unfortunately in our society, we're much too much at the beginning, stiff upper lip and they don't feel those feelings. So they then don't embrace any uncomfortableness. So, you know, not Rohan but other kids that I coach they're looking for ways to numb their feelings whether it's alcohol or drugs or or something so I think we really have to embrace with all of our kids that feelings are good it's part of being human and they're okay so I'm interested to know Berlina What do you think the main difference you've seen in Rohan? I know he hasn't been easy (laughs) since the six months of coaching him.
0: Gosh, he's not withdrawn. (laughs) That's a (laughs) star. you know. He smiles and has a laugh and a joke, which is uh, sometimes what he thinks is funny. Other people might not, but (laughs) at least he's trying.
1: Um, I find him funny. (laughs) (laughs)
0: he He can be funny but he can also be quite cutting gosh the biggest difference is he's willing to get out of bed you know he's not um he doesn't come home from school and go straight to his room and sit in his room he comes down he'll Admittedly, in his underpants, which I'm trying to get him to not do, um, <laughs> and you know, plays football in the garden or plays with the dogs, so. <laughs> he'll be mortified that i have told to <laughs> <you> this. <laughs> I hope
2: he doesn't watch this or uh, listen to this podcast.
1: I was just yeah. thinking that? It's like he'll be exhilarated; the is
2: coming all <laughs> out. <or
1: else. laughs> <laughs> so, starting by what I'm hearing you say starting to make b- better choices and realizing that he can control more how he feels than sitting in his own worries and getting more and more withdrawn. Mm, that's beautiful.
2: So we're hearing how, you know, your son's life is, is getting better. But I'm curious to hear, Ronila, how have you made yours better? How have you made your life better? And can you tell us that in one sentence? We'll give you a paragraph if not, but <laughs> let's try for one sentence.
0: By being a bit selfish um, <laughs> in one sentence. So getting the puppy was a very self-centred decision, actually, because I wanted something simple, uncomplicated, that would just love me unconditionally. And uh, <laughs> I needed that. It was <laughs> my soul. So yeah, that's yeah. what the puppy about. Getting a personal trainer, you know, focusing on, lot more on my health because I have rheumatoid arthritis so you know I, which was quite bad with all the stress so yeah it's being selfish
1: starting to look after yourself <laughs> which is what the mums don't do and they realize they've got to look after themselves first they've got to fill their cup up first well there's no way they can deal with all these problems and just to say for anyone listening always do go into their caves between the age of 12 and 16 So if they do start withdrawing more, don't panic because they are supposed to withdraw more. But if you are really concerned and it's becoming a real problem, then do do get some support because it can be helped. (laughs) Fully said, Fleur. Uh,
2: So just uh, one final note, I guess, Ranil, obviously I'm presuming that there will be some people that will be touched and inspired, but what they've heard here today If they want to reach out to you and start a conversation, perhaps find out more, where can they find you? Um, So uh, the best way to get in touch with me is through LinkedIn.
0: And my LinkedIn handle is, you know, LinkedIn.com forward slash Ranilla. Five, but Ranilla is quite an unusual
2: name so if you search on LinkedIn I think I'm the only one who comes up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll pop the link in the, on the you know episode notes as well so it's just one click away for them. <laughs>
1: <Indeed>. <laughs> Thank you so much Ranilla for joining us today it's really kind of you to, to give your time I'm sure the listeners are going to learn lots from this conversation And thank you so much for joining us one more week and thanks for showing us your love and appreciation and please share the love, share the podcast with anyone you think will benefit from it. Like, leave a comment and subscribe and we look forward to seeing you next week. And in the meantime, stay well, stay safe and stay inspired. Much love.